0: Hey, and welcome to When She Leads, a podcast for women in ministry. I'm your host, Brenda Leavenworth, and I want to sit around the table with you, grab a cup of coffee, and consider the complexities and realities of leading as a woman. I'll be joined by an awesome team of women from across the globe, and together we'll bring our experience, research, victories, and of course, our failures. Listen in as we confront each topic biblically and practically. Today, Rosemary Kelly and I are going to be discussing Inner Circles, Developing Your Top Leaders. Well, hi, guys. Hi. Hello. How are you guys doing this morning?
1: Good. I'm good.
0: Doing well. Bright and early. Uh, we all know that Jesus had 12 disciples, and there is great evidence um, that Peter, James, and John belonged to what is called like his inner circle, and it's not like they had like this official title. Uh, but simply that it was evidenced by Jesus inviting them into uh, different things that he was doing. So, clearly there are people who inhabit like our inner circle, so to speak, people who are on the front lines with us, people who are loyal, faithful, trustworthy, teachable, who hold confidentiality. And um, and this is a, a group, you know, they might not even be like... Like friends of ours, but they might even become lifelong friends because either the people like we're in the trenches with, and they're doing, they're doing ministry with us. So, um, to just to have that to open us up, what do you what do you
1: think about this? Well, I like um, this topic. I like talking about developing top leaders in our inner circle, and again, like we always talk about, the first thing we do is look in Scripture and think, well, how did Jesus do this? And like Brenda just said, like you just said, he did do this. He had the three that we would consider his inner circle. I don't think the number three is like something we have to necessarily copy, but he had a small group that he poured into all the 12, but he he, uh, invited the three into um, also different opportunities to minister. They were there at the Transfiguration. They were there, the three of them in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they were praying. And so they saw... uh, really great moments of glory, but also some of his darkest trials. And I I just think he did that. He wanted them to learn um, other things. He knew what he had prepared for them in their ministry and that they needed to learn some more lessons. And Um, So, and he allowed them to lead and he just really focused on the depth and the long-term impact of the three and of the 12, you know, if we're looking, they're kind of the inner circle of the inner circle too. But um, I don't know, that's, that's, he just seemed to pour his life even more into the three and just took every time as opportunity. I don't know, Rosemary, what Mm. do you think?
2: Yeah, I like how you said that, that they were there together with Jesus on the heights and at his lowest points and... I think that's so important that we um, do have these people who are uh, the top leaders, the people we work the the closest with, who we can be real with, um, Mm -hmm. and that we could not just portray like everything's looking really great, but that Mm -hmm. we can also show the reality of life and the reality of just being a Christian, that there are lows also.
0: Right, that's important. I, I think so, and I I think like what you you both said, this is a group of people that like. I, there's something that happens when you got when you do ministry together, and you see, um, sort of behind the curtain, so to speak, you see the heartache, you see the spiritual warfare, you see the sacrifices that people make, you see the the effort and the work that they put in, and then you see the miracles of Jesus. You know, just the, we were just talking earlier before in in this little podcast room about just some of the things that happened on Sunday at our church, just like these miraculous things that Jesus did. And I think when you have that with a few people on your team, you know, the, the people that not everybody gets to see that, you know what I mean? Those are things. I think that's what develops that close friendship because you're like, you're like, It's like war. You're like bleeding with these people. Yeah,
1: I think that's one of the reasons of his inner three, I guess. I mean, I think of when he invites them into the garden and gets now we know they fall asleep. But there is a big lesson for them to learn in that. You know, that lesson continues to us today. But he invited them in at the darkest time of his life right then to see and to witness. Um, He wasn't panicking. He wasn't freaking out. He wasn't rebelling, you know, nevertheless nevertheless, thy will, not my will. So, this huge lesson to teach them um, and to pour into them that they might see how to handle because they had some hard stuff coming up, you know, and they were going to lead the church and all this stuff. And so, um, uh, just to be there with him, I think that was an amazing thing. And we knew, I know scripture says before he even picked his 12, he went away all night alone and prayed. So, we know that this is a definite... Um, Has to be done with prayer and seeking the Lord first. Who is our inner circle and those that we are going to lead with? So, um, I mean, we Jesus modeled that as well. How to pick them?
0: Definitely, I I think there's a um, there's a quote. Um, so rather than Jesus trying to build this like broad reach for his ministry, Michael Haidt in The Leadership Strategy of Jesus said that he focused on true depth and long-term Ooh, impact. Ooh, I read that one too. You
1: did? I did. I, I liked
0: loved it. I loved that quote. Yes. Just true depth and long-term impact, that these are the guys that were with him the longest. And yeah. And that's who we want to develop, right? Right. As some of our top leaders, like people that have just been with us in the trenches. Right.
1: So he didn't shy away from public ministry, but it wasn't all about that. He was more uh, in, is like you said, in depth with them as well. Right.
2: And, you know, as they spent time together with Jesus, I think that was what he wanted to teach them is, is the way that he treated people. It's so mm-hmm. important how we treat people that we serve and um, they learned from Jesus's character a lot of compassion and in John 13 he bent down and washed all of their feet and Mm -hmm. just was a servant to teach them the heart of a leader is to serve and to be a shepherd and love the people and I like this verse in Philippians 2 3 that says do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And I, I love that. That that is to be a leader's heart is to be like Jesus, to be servants and to remember that we're shepherds who are just giving our lives and serving these sheep given to us.
1: Yeah, that's good. He was always an example. That's great.
0: It's interesting that the Bible doesn't really tell us like why he chose these three. Mm-mm. You know what I mean, but we can take from other scriptures, just like the qualifications of people that he might have chosen. But um, a lot of them, he just called out of life, mm-hmm. and he just said, "Hey, you, you, come follow me. You're gonna, you're a fisherman, but you're gonna be fishers of men." And he called them, and and I thought that that was interesting, and so. Um,
1: I still think that was intentional, though. I mean, as of he's— course, yeah. yeah. So that's well, one he's thing Jesus about him. He Yeah, well, Jesus. But as he spent time— <laughs> Yeah, but as he spent time praying with the Lord on who to, uh, you know, on who to choose, obviously the Holy Spirit moved him in, mm-hmm. in that way.
2: He didn't go to the um, Sanhedrin and pick
1: them. yeah.
0: He didn't go to the learned people. He just picked the dudes. Right, the dudes, the guys that were willing enough to just drop everything and go. Okay, here we go. Yeah. let's go. Yeah. But there's some there's some qualities that you know we don't have the the discernment of Jesus. Yeah. And so it might be a little harder for well, us I to do. like recognize. No,
1: <laughs> just kidding.
0: <laughs> I wish. I guess we can if we're <laughs> leaning in. But prayer—that's a good thing to remember on the how-to. But like thinking through people, because I was thinking about just in a practical sense that, like, these just aren't my friends. And and I have seen this over 30 years where people will do ministry with their friends, but they're not necessarily going to be your top leaders. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that your top leaders aren't necessarily going to be your really good friends. But I have seen it where I, I think that, you know, if a, if a leader is listening and it's like, you're doing ministry with only your friends, but they're not really doing any ministry— then yeah. those wouldn't be i wouldn't consider them they might be your inner circle of friends is what i'm saying but they might not be that sort of inner circle of the top leaders that i want to pour into mm-hmm. so maybe we can uh shift gears if 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 we will into like the how you know what i mean how how are we to do this i have a few things to say about that that you know
2: it's it's important that we're friendly but there's a difference between being friendly and being friends, right? I mean, we can, we should be friendly with the church. We should go around and know the people and chat with them. We should be able to have a conversation and know what's going on with the church and with the people that we serve. And, you know, there's a difference between being friends and being friendly. Like we Mm -hmm. can share, you know, people want to ask, how are you? And you want to ask, how are you? And you should be able to have a few things that you can share. Does not mean that you just dump everything out? Right, is as, as the leader, it's interesting that it's not that you need to put all your burdens on the people that you serve and just share, you know, your deepest struggles or something like that. But you do want to have this sense of being a real person with them. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's something I find to be a really hard line. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're having a bad day, like how much do you share? You know that what means. I mean? Like you, you want to be human with them to mm-hmm. show them how mm-hmm. to walk with the Lord. But on the other hand, you want to be friendly, but you don't necessarily need to be friends.
0: Right. On a bad day, I try to shut my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> stay in the house. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they might press more. What's going on? What's going on, right? Mm, sure. I don't know. Sure. I I do say, "Oh, I've had a rough day" or, you know, something came up with the kids, and I'll just kind of stop there. You know, but I think it's okay to share certain things, and I would share actually more with um the the Um, inner circle of my leaders the leaders who are closer to me actually those are the people if I really have a prayer request those are the people I'll talk to and um, if I if I have a need I know that they're right there they want to be praying for me they want to support because that's really the role you know is a supporting role and if they can support me as the leader I find that really important that I can turn to them in my time of need
0: that's so amazing because i think too that they're they're proven it's like this is a group of people that that you're doing ministry with but they can handle they can handle it when we come to them and say hey i'm really struggling with this and um those conversations there are conversations that aren't made or meant for the body at large um, right. It might be a leadership issue that you're dealing with some kind of, you know, leadership issue that, you know, there's uh, like I think of my husband and like there, there, are, there are meetings that he'll have where there's 30 people in the room. There are meetings that he'll have that there's. 12 people in the room and then there are meetings that he'll have that there's five people in the room and then even he and I we have meetings where there's two people in the room you know what I mean so there's like a a different degree I think maybe of even openness that you might have with some different people and um my husband Ted like he's a I just feel like he's a really good model at this inner circle because um because he'll he'll make sure he's taking those like just those um, those smaller meetings where it, information might not be open to everyone. It might only be open to this group, especially I think when you're talking about like future ministry. You know what I mean? Like you know. Um, maybe jesus wasn't telling everything to everybody that he was sharing with his disciples or that he was right. sharing with this three there were some things that only their eyes saw that only their ears heard and right. so i think it's a it's a again a great model and it builds
2: fellowship it really does. It builds fellowship and fellowship is not the same as friendship, you know, but just really having that, um, that camaraderie together in the Lord, just being able to pray together and say, these are my needs. And, you know, these people that you work the closest with, these top leaders would be that inner circle. And I love that, that they could, um, Jesus brought them along with him and he needed them and, you know, they didn't always do a great job, but at least, you know, that's the model he
1: showed. You're right. If we're talking about how to develop them, Mm -hmm. um, I think, too, uh, we need to be able to, as we develop them, share our vision, share our uh, goals, share the big picture if they're under us as far as... um, Like whatever ministry we're in, there are leaders. If we have other leaders, just regular church leaders that we're developing too, then maybe the vision of the church or whatever we're leading them in, they need to understand the big picture even bigger than the other ones. They need to understand our heart on what we're doing, why we're doing. Um, I think as we develop them, we need to model things that are acceptable as far as behavior kind of like what rosemary was saying too on how we treat people how we handle conflict if you're a leader you're going to have conflict how do you handle it these are the ones that we are actually they're just right there with us and we need to uh, we're accountable on how we are modeling it to them if right. they're kind of our inner leaders too and um, just pouring into their lives. I think about Paul in First Thessalonians 2.8, where he says, you know, we invested not only the gospel, but our very lives. We're investing our lives into those leaders, knowing that they in turn are going to invest mm-hmm. into others that they lead. So I think on that
0: note, I think, you know, not only vision and... um And um, the things that you're saying, the goals and stuff, keeping that always in front of them. But even practical things like policies and procedures, Mm -hmm. philosophy of ministry, Mm -hmm. you know, Nick. Uh, Rosemary's husband said it the best at, at the conference we were at in June. You know how we do things around here. I mean, those are important things for our leaders to really yeah. understand. Like, how do we do things around here? What and are why our we do it that way, right? Yeah, and, and what's important about that? Because when people know the why, mm-hmm. then they're going to understand where you're at. Mm-hmm. And it, especially my top leaders. If I can get them on the same page with me, like I have a better chance of then the ministry flowing from them just kind of working the way that we want to work it. I I had written down that our inner circles are to carry out the same mission as Jesus. This is not, you know, our clique of friends or who we hang out with. This is a group of people that are interested in getting the mission of Jesus accomplished. The mission, um, the the Great Commission, you know, we're going to preach the gospel, we're going to make disciples. And that ultimately was Jesus's plan for leadership. And, and that should, we should be taking that sort of example on, like Jesus inviting them to come along. We should invite people to come along. You know, our inner circles have a purpose. They're they're we're preparing them for leadership. We're preparing them to oversee ministry. Um if you have a group near you that you consider your ministry circle and and you know they're not doing any ministry, then maybe they're like I said, they're great friends, but they're not maybe that this inner circle that we're trying to um, we're trying to to do so. I have some lists of things, but you know, what do you guys have to say about the how? And then,
1: well, we'll I was thinking too that list. as we're developing them, we need to. Maybe this is how or what, but we need to uh, create an open space for honesty for them to be honest with us too. You right? We don't want to just have inner circle people that just are yes people that that's never healthy for anybody. But we create the space for them to be honest and to call us out or hold us accountable or uh, offer another way to do things or another perspective. Um, that's why diversity and perspective and experience and all that is so healthy. It keeps, um, and I guess that's a whole nother topic on how it's good for the leader, you know, on stuff like that. But we need to allow them the honesty. It's not a one way I'm going to speak into your life, but you can speak into mine too. And so I think that's important. Right. Okay.
0: So they not only have a seat at the table, they have a voice
1: too. Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it is important because if someone is a leader, there's a difference between being a leader and being a manager you know, these are not just people who are, you know, um, doing your wish list or, you know, checking off your checklist for what they mm-hmm. need to be doing. But you you lead them and show them how to do it. And then mm-hmm. pretty soon you want to hand things over for them so that they're making decisions, so mm-hmm. that they are the ones... Um, you know, being able to have a voice and saying, I'm going to do this and you give them the thumbs up, you know, good job, go for it. And, you know, these are people who are not just yes people, that's really important, but they're also people who are not just checking in with you constantly. They they have a voice and they have, you you see a leadership gift in them. That's one of the gifts listed in First Corinthians 12, um, or is it Romans 12? And it says that um, if you have a gift of leading, then lead with zeal. Mm-hmm. Do it well. And it's important then that you give them that space to make decisions and to have a voice and to speak to the women or, you know, if they're leading a children's ministry, a hospitality ministry, it can be so many different things. Give them that time. Give them that ability to speak to other people that they are leading. Mm-hmm
1: i love that empower them to
2: go on it's important because if they're not being allowed to lead and you're telling them they're a leader there's going to be a frustration that's going to build Mm -hmm. and you want to keep these people in a place where they can use their gifts and where they can serve or else they might want to go somewhere else where they can use their gifts
0: exactly I, i i i 100% 100% agree with you people come into the church like God has made it clear when he's laid out the spiritual gifts that you know every person that co- comes in the church that calls himself a Christian has a spiritual gift at, at least and should be using them for a healthy body right so it's our job as disciple makers to find where in the body that we put the we mm-hmm. put people and some of those people you know those that it it it's kind of an interesting thought that I'm just having that I'm, I'm wondering, like, you know, kind of in the beginning of your ministry, <clears throat> God brings the early people because they might be the ones that are with you the longest you know what I mean like they're the ones like kind of partnering and you know some of those we lose I think I think in church planting circles like you go through what three cores before the first five years or something so but but that's that's another topic that's that training (laughs) ground right of like okay who has that staying power because that's part of being in that inner circle is that you just stay that you just stay and partner. A couple things that I had listed, as I said, choose prayerfully and carefully, mm-hmm. you know, who you're going to let into that inner circle and train, train, train. I, I mean, just training, I think, is uh, our best way to help people understand our mission, our vision, what the direction that we're going in. Um, invite them in, maybe. Invite them into to meetings. Give them a voice. Give them responsibility and authority. And then some things that I personally look for, kind of on my checklist. You've hit. You guys have hit a few of them. Honesty, uh, maturity. I want to know that they have a maturity in the Lord. That they that they know the Word of God. Um, that they can hold the confidence, which I think is really important in that inner circle. That they're gifted in leadership, like you said, Rosemary. Rose leadership is a spiritual gift, Mm -hmm. and we should not discount that when we're looking for Mm -hmm. leaders that we go, okay, maybe they're gifted, but are they gifted in leadership? That's like a very specific um, calling. I have some leaders that are really good at managing things. If I give them something in a box that has all the pieces, they can manage it. But I think a leader produces things. You know what I mean? I think that a leader has influence and, and they can like... They can handle the bigger charge of being a leader, so that I think is really important. A good example in life, um, supportive but not a yes person. Kelly, you mentioned that concerned with unity of the team. I think you know that they're a team player, that they're concerned about unity, and that they're submissive when required. And um, just on a on a practical note. Um, for those who want the real practical, like, give it to me, you know, shoe leather stuff. I meet with my inner circle on a retreat once a year. We go away, we fast, we pray, we kind of plan what we're going to do for the year. Then I meet with them individually, probably about three times a year. How's your ministry going? What can I answer for you? I'm spending time. And then about twice a year, we meet as a group. Now, that doesn't mean there's not meetings in between those. That's just like a very, like, Planned, you know, when you have a schedule that you need to kind of plan out for a year, then those those big things go on the calendar so that we're not not spending time. Mm, that's good.
2: You get busy and you just keep pushing things off. It's important to connect with these people because they are the ones who are serving under you. They they do need you checking in with them to see how it's going, and I think it helps them to have your approval. And even before all the other um, leaders that you're working with or even in front of the entire group, it's important to say these are the leaders, this is um, how they serve and to show the entire group your support of them in that way um, as you you know mention them and show the group mm-hmm. what they're doing. I think that's so important to give them
1: that recognition. I think you're looking for um, people who are trainable too, who are willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. that's important and that they're honest and that... Uh, I don't know, I just want to throw this in. I I would hope they have a global perspective on ministry, you know, and on um, work in your community, like a bigger picture than it's just all about, Mm -hmm. whether it's women's ministry or what, but just the big picture of the church on the whole and Mm. our role in the world and what that is, because that... um, you i don't know avoid being narrow minded that it's just about what we're doing but how does it impact the world like how does that. it impact our communities um i think those are important and um i like one of you guys said like we're not a manager we're a leader i like that and i were i had put we're not a boss we're a leader we're not a boss cuz right. uh, sometimes we can get bossy and we forget we're we <laughs> leading cuz we look at jesus i don't I think never they bossy. would they would they would have <laughs> called us i have people that say just tell me what to do it just feels so uncomfortable when they said but i mean um jesus is a big example of a leader was to be humble servant. It wasn't about power and authority. It was about being humble in a servant's heart. And so um, teaching that, I think, and sharing that. Right. And we have to be that. We have to be the things that we, we have to lead ourselves. We look at uh, Jesus' example in that. He went away alone to pray before he made the decision. He often went away to be with God alone. You know, we have to um, make sure that we are walking close with the Lord if we are going to be able to disciple or to train mm-hmm. um, anybody in any circle, right? Okay. And we don't do it with the motive of, well, good, now they can do all the work while we sit That You know, I mean, we have to be able to lead ourselves if that's the right way to put it uh, to the throne before we can take anyone with us, I guess. Does that all make right.
2: sense? Right. I mean, we need to be accountable too. And and we need to be also a role model that we are doing the things that we tell them that they should be doing, that we are already yeah. being an example. That's so important, that that's how the Lord was, that He would never say anything that He wasn't already doing, and that that's how we should be as well. I think it's important, like in in the meetings, Brenda was talking about, that we set expectations, that we set, you know, realistic expectations, because these people, if they're serving under you, they need to know what you want them to do, and like the boundaries, and giving those expectations of what you want them to accomplish in their roles is really important.
0: Yeah, and I and I think um, for me, being gracious, like I often tell my leaders, look, if you're not failing or making mistakes, you're probably not doing anything. <laughs> that, you know, when you're bumbling through this, like I think we do our best and then Jesus comes in and sort of mops it up. You know what I mean? And I, I think that there are, People that are afraid to get into leadership because they think they're going to make too many mistakes. And I always say the people making the mistakes are actually the people that are doing something. And so we can't be afraid. But I also like people on my team that are going to be gracious to me because I'm going to make mistakes regularly. I'm going to fail. I'm going to be in the flesh because I'm the stinking sinner saved by grace. And <laughs> and I want them to be gracious with me. And I want to be gracious with them because we are going to have bad days. And mm. and I am going to, you know, be in the flesh. And 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 I want that that I want this team to be able to last a long time. And, and that's, I think what Jesus was modeling there is like, these disciples didn't like every Monday come in and go, you know what? I don't, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like I'm going to quit, you know, I'm going to give up or, and you never, I mean, you see Peter, I guess Peter quit. I don't know if it was on a Monday, but, (laughs) but, but he had that moment, but then, you know, but then he quickly then repented. Mm -hmm. And came back and said, and then he was restored. Mm -hmm. And I love that picture of like, there's repentance Mm -hmm. in leadership. There's restoration in leadership. There's grace in leadership. Yeah. Just great, fabulous things that will actually keep the family together. And Mm -hmm. that's the key, right? If we're going to keep a family together, there's going to have to be a lot of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. a lot of grace, a lot of like, okay, I messed it up again. Okay, well, you're doing something. So, Let's just keep moving on. Let's learn as we go, but let's keep moving on. I think that's why that unity is important for this team. Yeah. And, you know, as we were talking about all of these
2: qualities, things that you're looking for in um, people you would choose as top leaders, I would say it's important to let them try it out with uh, less um a role of lesser responsibility i wouldn't just make someone a top leader yeah. but you know <laughs> let let them try something with less responsibility and if they handle that you give them more and then when they can handle that you give them more and then you back off even more you know just that's i think the way that you can really in a healthy way grow a leader is you give them these opportunities to serve and you tell them good job you've done well and do you want to try this or you know that's why those meetings are so important that you're checking in because what if they want to grow and have other opportunities what if they want to take on something that um, there's a need for and you know that's Mm -hmm. awesome where you could just take these leaders and help them grow and their leadership as they can do more to serve in the different ministries in your church.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. We have to pay attention to those red flags. Um, not too long ago, we had um, uh, someone, a lady, come to the altar and she wanted to talk to Ted after a Sunday service. And she said that she wasn't even from this town, she was from another town, uh, for kind of far away. And she said, um, I think I'm called to be the women's ministry director here. And wow. I just wanted to basically <laughs> tell you that you're going to be my shepherd and I'm going to be under you. And I'm standing there looking at Ted like, I can't wait to see how he's going to answer this. (laughs) But it was just that moment of like, yeah, no, you're not. You know what I mean? Like, why don't you try to come and like attend? And we didn't say this harshly, but I'm just cutting to the chase. (laughs) Um, Why don't you come and attend? This is someone who wasn't even attending. A Bible study was just barely coming to Sunday mornings, and then she was asserting herself into leadership. We don't have self-appointed leadership. God appoints us leader so I would say, if you're looking at you know installing leaders into your ministry, that's one thing that I would look for is is God's hand on them. Mm-hmm. Is he is he appointing them? Are they not? Because people can be pushy, and and they can assert their their own self appointed leadership. And I think we need to beware yeah. of 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 that scenario happening because sometimes we can give in, like, oh my gosh, this person's pushing so yeah. much. Like I wanna give in, but I think right then we have to go, wait, is God appointing this person? Is is God confirming this calling on this person's life? And like you said, Rosemary, go slow. Yeah. Let's test, let's see, you know, because I, once I, you get someone yeah. in the inner circle, it's a lot easier to
1: get in than it is to get them out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I was going to say I've made this mistake a few times. Yes, over the years. Do share. Yeah. No, no, that's okay.
2: <laughs> Rather not. We can but, all share. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the
1: self-appointed leader, like, you know, trying to, like, do I just, I think I gave in because do I just not like them? What? Why do I have this? weird thing. Usually people don't walk up and say, I want to teach. I want to lead. So, but maybe the Holy Spirit showed him to do it. So, you know, you talk yourself into maybe I should give this a shot maybe, and it has never worked out so well. So I've made mistakes in this. Yeah.
0: Rosemary, any last thoughts? Um, well, I think that this is
2: really an important one on how to develop your top leaders. And it's just exciting, you know, our church is growing and this is something I'm really actively doing right now is raising up more leaders and kind of, um, you know, I, I used to work with just three ladies and now it's really grown. We have 20 women that I'm working with and, um, it's fun. I like it, but you know, I'm, I'm not, um, I don't know how to say this. So, as the leader, you know, I am a delegator. I love being able to give things away and let people do them, serve. And I, um, although you know, I know I could do these things myself. I've realized there is a greater joy in watching other people serve, grow use their gifts. And it's such a joy to see. And it's kind of more of like a long haul, you know, it's a long vision. It's something you're looking to see last beyond you and you're growing your ministries and you really don't want it to be about you. So that's something I've come to see recently, you know, just looking at all these people grow and using their gifts and they're like, you know, excited. They are so thrilled. I have ladies who cry. I loved doing this. You know, and that's such a blessing to see yeah. that they're so excited. That's really that's cool. Great.
1: We had a ladies' event last night, kind of the same thing. I was in charge of it and planned it and all that. And then my daughter had a baby, and so I wasn't there. And the team of women, just man, they just stepped up and did. You know, I was sad I wasn't there. It looks like so much fun, but they just did amazing. They don't need me. You know, they know what they're Mm -hmm. doing, delegating everything out to them. It was really fun to watch all the pictures and to watch what God did. So it's fun.
0: I love delegating, and I think... (laughs) (laughs) I really don't, but... (laughs) I love delegating. And I think Craig Rochelle um, gave some good wisdom on one of his podcasts for this leadership. He said, if someone could do something 80% as good as you can do it, then you should give it away. And yeah. I think when we give things away, you know, I, I understand the being an example as a servant, but sometimes I feel like as a leader, if I can give something away, then that's going to free me up. You know, I think Craig Rochelle also says, like, um, if you give if, if there's another person that can do it, give it away, because then you're freed up to do something that maybe somebody else can't do, mm-hmm. which for me might be like teaching or, you know, like leadership. And, you know, I mean, yes, we, we want that servant yeah. leadership. But I'm going to have to say, if there's a leader in the room and everything's getting done and that person's sitting down, I'm just going to say, I think they're probably the best leader <laughs> around, Because everything is being handled, and then that frees them up to do something that maybe God's called them to that maybe no one else can do in that room. And so, I think we have to kind of take a look at that. Sometimes I think we can get sort of caught up in that, like, I need to be doing this. So, we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off, but then what has God called me to do? you know what I mean? Which might be leading from the front or teaching. Or Kelly has an amazing bandwidth. Like she can like set the table and then go up and MC <laughs> and then teach. I don't know. Do you lead worship too? I'm not sure. I'm working <laughs> on it. <laughs> hey.
1: I start getting like a deer in headlights. It's no. like I can do one thing. No, that, like is, I <laughs> that is very wrong perspective, but thank you very much. You brought up Craig Rochelle. Um, have you read his new book, Lead Like It Matters? No, oh, no, it just came out. Well, there we I just go. saw it yesterday. Good resource, yeah. Like I, I haven't read it, so I don't know. But Lead Like It Matters by Craig Rochelle.
0: Hey, well, we'll look into that. Do you have any resources that you want to share,
2: Rosemary? I was going to um, suggest the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Good luck with his last name, but I know it's G R O E, and I know it'll pop up. He's a very popular oh, yeah. podcaster. So,
1: yes, G R O E S C A G L. Yeah, there you go. I also have Lead—the hymns is Lead Like It Matters, but there's one um, called Lead Like It Matters to God, Values Driven Leadership by Richard Stearns. That's very good. There's Lead by Paul Tripp, which is really like good. like that. And there's one I just saw. I don't think it's new. Maybe you guys have read it, and I haven't read it, so—but I like Tozer, and it says Lead Like Christ by Tozer. Like have you that read that? One. I think I read that
0: a long time ago.
1: Okay. Um, I like Tozer. So I got—have you read that one, Rosemary?
0: Lead no, like Christ. Uh-uh. There's also um, some other books like Visioneering from Andy Stanley was pretty good. Um, Malfers has some great – Malfers and Massini. Have some great stuff on leadership. Of course, the classic spiritual leadership by Oswald Sanders. I love Blackaby and Blackaby also have spiritual leadership. One of the best things that I think a leader can do is go through the self-confrontation manual. Yeah. Um, fantastic if you're going to be a leader to go through that, not only for yourself. And I will give a shout out for my husband's podcast, Leadership Collective, because um, that one... Goes through a ton of other types of leadership, more church leadership, like different things like board structures and um, just the nuts and bolts of of leadership. So, <clears throat> those are some great some great uh, leadership books that we can go through. Um, but uh, any any anything else? I think we've about
1: wrapped yeah. this one up. I'm going to share just a quote to end. I'm not even say I'm I'm necessarily believe it wholeheartedly, but it's something to think about. So when we're choosing leaders, it said a leader's potential is determined by those closest to them. Well, oh. think on that. I don't know. Hmm. Just That's a thought. An interesting thought. <laughs> I know. No, I'm thinking on and I it. I know. Just a thought is who we pick. Wait, read that who again. Holds us, who holds us accountable? Who's honest with us? Who challenges us? A leader's potential is determined by those closest to them. All right. We I don't will, know. Think on that. On, on that. You can disagree. It's totally fine. Don't email me. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, ladies, that's it for today. And I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram at WhenSheLeads and on Facebook at when she leads Podcast. And if you would like to take the time to leave us a review on the podcast, it's helpful. So our content will get out to more ladies. A registration is now open for the When She Leads conference coming up in October 21st and 22nd here in beautiful Temecula, California. Woohoo. I just challenge you, go check out our speakers, our breakout sessions, and and much, much more. Um, so we have Revo Collective uh, going to be leading us in worship and uh, Patty Height, Kelly Bell here is at my left and myself are going to be doing some main sessions and the, the uh, conference theme is Breaking New Ground. So hit up the website whensheleads.org slash conference and kind of hang out there and, and see what's coming up. And this is uh, so exciting. I'm so yeah. excited about our conference. So Me too. Uh, we will see you next time.